Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. To the Father. And I've been really convicted and messed up for the past few months on what I've been going through, what Barbara's been going through, how, how our church is evolving and, and the transition and COVID. And um, now more than ever, we need to be in constant, not just communication, but a deeper deeper communicate an intimate conversation with our father in heaven it doesn't need to be an ask but it needs to be a oh god daddy i'm so glad you're here with me today and 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 we're going to be speaking a little bit out of the corinthian church i was really putting a lot of study into the first and second corinthians and and, and that the church of corinth was a, was a good people but it was but it was a if you could kind of imagine like L.A. or New York or a larger city, it was, it, it, the Corinth church didn't have a lot of needs, you know. They, their, their, their needs were met by their, their, their wealth and, and so many diverse cultures and even different worship ways to worship and idols and all the things. And it all mixed together. And Paul was addressing the church in the first Corinthians and then he was sharing with them how much he loved them in the second Corinthians and just trying to talk them through that. And we're going to maybe go into a little bit of that. But love letters to our Father is a thing where my prayer is, and I'm hoping that we get to discover really, really, and feel how large our daddy is. And even more than that, how much he loves us. You know, and I'm, and I'm sitting here, and this just came to me, and it might just be a flop, but y'all can laugh at me because I love for people to laugh, and I need a good laugh this morning. Is I was thinking as we were singing, and I was thinking about the title of this message, and is anybody... See, the younger people don't do notes and stuff, but when I was in elementary school, we had this, these notes, you'd fold them just the right way and it'd open them up and it says, I love you, do you love me, check yes or no. Y'all remember that? See, the people 50 and plus be like, yeah, I got, well, my mama took and framed one, but the girl checked no. <laughs> and my mama took and framed it. And then she's going to show all my future girlfriends in the photo album after she shows them this little short, stubby guy who's got all these gross spurts, and I'm growing this way, I'm growing this way a little bit. And, and, and here's his love letter. You know, and you got to take the boldness to be able to have three people to pass this over to, no, not her. And, you know, and you're trying to pass it, and then she gets it and she's looking. <laughs> Pass it on back. I love, and it's it, love letters, man, because we live in a thing now where if you can't text it, it's probably not going to get communicated. But to handwrite a, a note and to handwrite a letter and to, and, and to just, I was talking to a friend of mine who supports this ministry, and I wrote he and his wife a letter of, of thanks. And, um, and I was like, Garrett, I'm not a very good penman. And he said, Paul, he said, people love handwritten letters. And I wrote him a letter, and he told me this week, he said, that meant so much to my wife to see your handwriting. Not somebody else's handwriting, not typed, but your handwriting on paper in cursive. <laughs> you do cursive if you can't spell good, because if you, if you don't spell well, you can make a letter look about whatever. 
<laughs> you know, he's like, that curse will cover up I'm an illiterate speller. Ain't that right, Maddie? Maddie, the school teacher, just shaking her head at me. So, um, love letters to our Father. See, the objective of this sermon series is to fall deeper in love with our Father in heaven. And, and, and through this, um, this deeper, more affectionate, more intimate love, is that my desire is for my heart, for your heart, for the saints around the city, or whoever listens to these messages, that the Spirit would move in them, that it would do a heart transformation. Because you can read the Corinthians and we can say, man, I've messed it up, I've messed it up. And, and we can jump right back into 2023, trying to check the boxes, trying to be good enough, trying not to do this, trying not to do that. But what'll happen? What'll, what'll happen if we fall so deep in love with our Father in heaven that we won't want to do anything that will bring him dishonor? What'll happen if I'm so in love with my Father in heaven that before my eyes wander, I start crying out of the love of my father. That's grace and love and truth. Law doesn't let me fall into the deep love of the father. But God's love and the father's love lets me do that. So um, here's a few of the topics we're going to touch over the next three or four weeks. And some of them may be combined and and. and and moved around, but I just wanted to kind of give y'all a, a, a heads up. So today we're going to be talking about the character of man, which is rebellious, versus the character of God, which is holy, right? So we have man's character, which is rebellious, and God's character, which is holy. Um, then next we're going to be discovering the love that God has for us. Understanding the depth of the love that God has for us. And then even, I put this down so many times, we ask, why would God love me? I don't know if y'all have ever asked that question, but I've asked that question. Why would you even love me, God? I'm nothing worthy to be loved. And I had to come to that realization that I was worthy and I was valuable to the Father. But we're going to be talking about in a love letter. Next is to identify what is stopping us from discovering and embracing the depth of God's love for us. Identifying these things in our lives that are hindering us or, or, or putting a, a film over it and not being able to see the fullness of God. We're going to ask God to identify that. And what happens when we fall into unconditional love with the Father? How will that lead us to live a life that is radical? God, you, I love you so much. If it's you asking me to do it, just tell me. Just tell me. And out of that, what gives us the best opportunity for this to happen? So setting ourselves up in the right place to blossom and to grow where we're planted. In the last letter that we will write... It's what happens when we give this love away. So everything I've read, I'm going to ask each week for a person who's caused this church their home. Or maybe you don't even call it your home, but you just want to learn and grow. Is I'm going to, I'm going to challenge us as a group. It might be a note card for some of us. Maybe a journaling book for others. It may just be a, a, a piece of paper. 
But each week, each week I'm going to ask you to write a love letter to the Father in heaven. And, and they might be private. There may be a time you want to come on a Thursday night and share them. There might be something that God will lead us to get shared here. I don't know. But it isn't meant to be shared. It's meant for you and the Father to have a love affair. And I'm going to ask our church, as much as it challenges to write a love letter to their Father in heaven. So just kind of giving you the end of the message at the beginning, that's what God's put on my heart, is to empower and to encourage the saints to communicate with him through writing, through a letter, through a note. And some of you might like, I, don't, I can't do that. Maybe it's a text. <laughs> that's a new sermon series, ain't it? <laughs> don't text Jesus. He loves you if you do. You hear God up there right now. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Kick the phone halfway across the galaxy. So the example of man's character. We said today we're going to start off with man's character being rebellious and, and God's character being holy. Well, we know that the rebellion is what got us in this place where we needed a savior, Jesus Christ, because it was the rebellious spirit of Adam and Eve with the voice in their ear that made them rebel against God. They wanted to be like God. So that got us to a place where we were broken away from the harmony of the father. Jesus came and the church of Corinth have confessed that Jesus is Lord and Paul even goes on to call them saints. So we can't say that they're not believers. He would not address them as the saints if he thought they were lost. So we got to understand that when we're talking through this. But the example of man's character in the, in the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13. He says, when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idol or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scripture says, you must remove the evil person from among you. Wow, why did you write that as an example of humanity and man's the way we are? Because that's a picture of our world today. And, and, and quite honestly, as I'm just reflecting through it, it can kind of be a picture of the church today. Um, and, and, and this message is not at all meant to make us feel bad because we understand that we're all on a journey. But I think we also all have to be very honest with ourselves as we're writing letters to the Father. It's nice to know that we can be open and honest with where we're at and where we're struggling. So let's look at an example of God's character. Psalms 18.30, there's a few examples. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look at him for protection. Psalm 18.30. 
Then in Psalm 116, 5, it says, How kind is the Lord, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. Then again in 1 Corinthians, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 31. It says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And it goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Let me pray right quick. God, Holy Spirit, open our eyes and our hearts that these words may just stamp into our minds. Spirit, take away any distractions right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. See, Jesus Christ, through his love, made a way that we can clearly, clearly, clearly communicate with the Father. And Jesus Christ also made a way that we can clearly understand what it means and what it doesn't mean to abide in the Father. That's through the Holy Spirit, right? That's the conviction that the Holy Spirit gives us. So we have to understand that when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church in the very first part of 1 Corinthians, he was leading them to the back part of it where he's talking about Jesus, this Savior that is loving and patient. Yes, there was a man who was put out of the church in the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians. A young man who was living with his father's wife who had inappropriate relations, and they put him out. But even in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, hey, I am thankful to see that this rebuke, sharp rebuke that you have made has brought this person back to repentance. He says, go to them so that they won't be discouraged and draw them back into the family. See, sometimes as a church, we want to do the sharp rebuke and, 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 and we want to be able to tell someone where they're wrong. But are we really keeping our mind and our heart to a place to put our eyes on a man or a woman to draw them into the family and let the, as the Spirit is drawing their heart? It should make us weep as a body for just one saint to fall into sin and to leave this building, to leave this, this family. It, we should celebrate if God calls them to another church. Amen. But if they are leaving the fellowship and the communion of the body because of sin, that should weigh hard on us as a family. And we have to read the scripture and, and if we're not careful, we read it and we're like, man, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. I might as well just go ahead and leave before they tell me to leave. <laughs> it's your heart. It's your heart. God says, you're not going to be good enough. You are going to be grumpy. You are going to have a bad day. You are going to, to tell a fib. But I need you to ask your heart to be open and aware that when you are falling and when you are sliding and to repent and to turn from the world and to put your eyes back on me. We have to 
continually remind ourselves of that. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Did you hear that? It, it, it's a process as the Spirit of God works inside of us. And it's got to happen in the context of a love affair. If we follow the rules that were written on stone tablets, we're not going to, our heart's going to be like stone. But if we embrace and, and ask God to come into us and to transform us into a new creation, it's the process of being able to be changed more and more like him into his glorious image. See, because sometimes that's where I get tripped up a little bit. I'll be trying to do this right or trying to do this right. And if I'm not, it's kind of like lifting weights. I know I'm not a great example of lifting weights right now. But when we were lifting weights, if you've ever been in the gym, there, there are guys, especially guys. Girls don't do it as much. Guys do it more if girls are around. But... <laughs> So these guys, they got these mirrors up in these gyms for a reason. Number one, it makes the building look bigger than it actually is. But number two, it's like when the guy, like. <laughs> and uh, if you watch, they'll open their eyes on about the third or fourth rep because they want to see if a vein's coming out. It, that's the same way in our Christian wall. We're, we're tithing good, we're serving good, we're giving. We, we went and walked to adopt the block and, oh man. And, you, and you're doing it in your image. And you're doing it in your strength. And you're doing it for your self-edification. And, and if you're not careful, you're looking in the mirror and like, boy, serve me a homeless person today. <sighs> Well, I know they're not cold tonight because I gave them a blank in the name of Jesus. But really, we have to ask ourselves. Any act that we do should draw us closer to the Father. And if we're not drawing closer into the dependency of the Father, it's probably best we just sit still and wait till we can understand that. Missions is a way for you to take your eyes off of your problems. And if you're not careful, you'll never understand the fullness of who God is and what he wants for you. Yes, missions is important. Yes, adopt a block is important. Yes, feeding meals on Christmas morning is wonderful. But it, none of that supersedes the relationship that we have with the Father in heaven. Only the Father in heaven can transform this wretched heart of Paul's into a heart that is glorious. And if I do it in it take him out of the scenario, I'm going to end up doing more harm than good. I'm going to start looking for people to react to my giving. I did this, now you need to do that. Well, I did this, these chairs should be full. The only reason I'm standing here today is because my Father in Heaven told me I got to. 
I'm, I'm preaching right now because he said it is. If there was one person or 1,000 here, this message would be with the same heart, with the same tears, with the same emotion that, that the love of God puts on me. But I'm so thankful you're here. And please come back next week. <laughs> so what does this have to do with a title called Love Letters to Our Father? See, before I answer that, there's one thing for certain. On earth, we will never develop and fully understand what it means to be completely holy. People are like, I can't believe you'd say that, Paul. The Spirit of God lives in you. Yes, but you, the Spirit of God is living in a shell that is tainted with sin. And there's going to be a constant war waging within you of good and bad, of the dark and light. And until Jesus is second coming, we will not never, ever understand what it means to live in the full righteousness of God. So we will have to understand and understand that we'll never fully develop what it means to be completely holy on this side of heaven. But that doesn't mean that we get to just sit here and live like hell. Doesn't mean that we just get to say, well, I got grace. See, we have to come to a self-awareness that we are a selfish and rebellious people that was created by a magnificent and wonderful father that was flawed by our rebellion and tainted by sin. But for one man's sin came one man's sacrifice because what Adam and Eve did, Jesus made right. And because of him, we can live because our Father is holy. So, it's not what our Father wants for his rebellious children. You think about your children when they're rebelling. You love them. You never stop loving them, even if you want to kick them across the street. I didn't mean that towards my kids. My kids are beautiful. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, his love for you never falls short when you're falling into sin. His love for the Corinthian church was just as deep and just as real as it was if they were doing everything exactly the way he is. See, that's what we've got to understand. He doesn't want us to stay like the world. He wants us to be transformed, but through love and through heart, not through checking boxes. So for us to sit here and say that we're going to do better, that we're not going to do all of those things that said would keep us out of heaven, that we will not be irritable or we're not going to be proud. Man, there's one for me. You know, you don't ever think you're proud. Try to go win an argument that you think you're right with. Anybody ever got in one of those proud arguments? Never. Never. And I said, Joe, I haven't either, right? Oh, yeah. Not going to be rude any longer. Well, we're going to walk out of this gathering today saying, well, I'm... I'm messed up. I'm just going to have to lean on that grace card. But, but here's, the, here's, the, here's the answer. 
what if we could get so excited in this little body right here that we could help each other start writing love letters to the Father? And, and, and we... And, and we ain't too good at writing love letters because we've never expressed our love. And, and, and quite honestly, what we're learning through the rest of these series, you might not be in love with God right now. You might be absolutely upset with him. Might be mad at God. But the communication has to start somewhere. And he's constantly communicating with us. But now it's our job as the saints to write a letter back to him. And we're going to learn that through the next few weeks. What do I say when I'm upset with God? What do I say when I don't understand God? What do I say when I don't know what to do? And we're going to take some time and go through the scriptures and we're going to learn what it looks like to write a letter to our Father. See, because if we write these letters... It can let us take an opportunity to fall deeper in love with our creator. And here's a trick. Check this out. If you believe this, you can say an amen. Who in here thinks that if we would start writing love letters to our father, that he would write letters back? I got one person thanks God to answer them. Amen? amen. See, God, God is always in the business of talking back to his children. See, sometimes we want it in the form of an answer. And God says, I want to give it in the form of growth. I'm not going to give you the direct answer because then you won't discover the power and the depth of me. I want to ask you questions, Paul. You just, asked, you just wrote me a letter and you have all these things that's going on and you're not sure of. God will write me back and say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you spent time in prayer on this? Are you fasting over this, Paul? But sometimes those aren't the answers on a letter that I'm wanting. To, I'm just wanting the yes or no thing, right? Do you love me, God, yes or no? God said, I told you I loved you. I checked that box yes when I sent my son Jesus to the cross. So you don't even have to worry about that little crazy letter anymore. That one's yes. Un undoubtedly yes. I love you. Now, I want to grow you. So, Wrapping up, I just want to give us a little bit, of, and, and school teachers, y'all might can help me with this letter writing thing. This is a time where we all get to write some message here, but a good love letter should, and if somebody does have something in here they'd like to add to it, shout it out, I don't care. If it ain't good, I'll tell you it ain't good. <laughs> a good love letter should, number one. Express how you are feeling about the person, or in this instance, our Creator, Heavenly Father. So a good love letter is going to express how you are feeling about God. Be honest. Be open. Let quietness come over you. If you don't feel Him, let Him know you don't feel Him. If you don't trust Him, let Him know you don't trust Him. He already knows it. The thing is to get you to understand that He already knows what you think He don't know. But write something and let him know how you're feeling about him. The second quality of a good love letter is to express in that letter of what qualities that they have that has impacted your life. 
See, a good love letter, when you're writing to each other, you generally talk about the, the goodness. You know, Barbara would write me a letter, and she's like, you're so awesome, you're so wonderful, I'm just so thankful for you. She would never say I'm tall, but she would say you're good looking. You know, she, she, would, she would talk about the things that, that she could see that were good in me, and, and that she knew that I would come and grow to be. But express to our Father the qualities that you're seeing in your life, and the characteristics of who he is. I don't know that's going to be different for each person. And the number three thing that a, a good love letter for this week is that, hey, where do you think this is relationships going? <laughs> that's a scary question, right? When you're writing a um, You think we got a chance. See, it's okay to write a letter to God saying, hey, God, you think we got a chance. And I promise you, he'll answer you back if you get quiet. And he's like, absolutely. I've just been waiting for you to pick up your pen and talk to me. Oh, I've got so much in store for you, Tyler. I didn't wait to show you all the things I got for you. Man, you're going to get to see my hand move in so many different ways, Joe. You know, that's what our father's up there just excited about. Letting his creation be what his creation was designed to do, to work the garden, to keep harmony in his creation and to bring hope to the lost and the broken world. And he's so excited about telling you where this relationship is going to go. Then I would ask that if you write these letters, that you would start your letter off in prayer and quietness. And then as you finish your letter, would you seal it with prayer and quietness? And remember, our goal in the next few weeks is to have a deeper, richer, more fulfilling relationship with our Father in heaven. This starts by acknowledging that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Jesus is the one interceding the letters to the Father. Jesus came away. He came to make a way that we could boldly approach the throne of grace. Jesus is sitting right there. I'm ready for those letters to come in. I'm going to open them up and I'm going to read them to the Father. There's going to be so much celebration in that. I know this seems a little bit like a corny message. But we're a corny people. We spend too much time trying to add all these words into something. And the whole time God just saying, would you just talk to me? Would you sit and listen to my response? Would you believe that I really love you that much? So, I don't have any books for you to write in, but you're more than welcome to take a card. I'll go get you some paper. I would encourage you to maybe get a little book and label it. Love letters to my father. I'm excited about what's going to happen. Not everybody in here will do this, but I pray that everybody will. And we can encourage each other by if you're in a life group with each other or you're in doing life with each other, somebody text the group. Are you writing any letters to the Lord this week? It might be just a two-minute letter. But I know God will honor it if we'll do it. Okay? Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for this body. I pray, Lord God, that you would be with the ones that aren't able to be here today. Father, I pray that your spirit would move over us, Lord. That we, too, in this, in this nation can look a little like the Corinthian church, Lord. Father, work in us a way to have deeper relationship with you so that we will have a transformed heart. So that our desire would be to live in a way that would honor you in every, every aspect of our life. God, we just thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.